Today, we try to answer, to the best of our ability, some of the most common atheistic questions towards Christians that are around on the internet. Let's go. Hey there, I'm Thomas. And I'm Sam. And this is the Silent Planet Podcast. Today, we are talking about, um, we're, we're going to try, like I said, try our best to answer some of these um, atheist questions. Um, this is like an exercise that I don't I don't really see too often in the church. I mean, and, and it's one I can understand um, people trying to stray away from because, I mean, that's the thing is it's, it's not, you shouldn't be ashamed of yourself if you don't have a great defense lined up for some of these questions because... Well, I mean, all too often we're not getting berated left and, and right by yeah. atheists. Just people aren't calling us into question. We're generally surrounding ourselves with other Christians. We're learning, you know, Sunday to Sunday and then Sun Wednesdays or Bible studies, community groups, whatever. We're generally not in, so to speak, the lion's den of atheists just attacking us left and right. But if you ever found yourself in that situation, like I have in the past, uh, at that time I didn't know what I know now. And even now what I know, I'd sure is not nearly enough to you know defend myself entirely but at the time i probably would have just said i don't have the answer or walked away or whatever but um in this episode we we want to attempt to try to answer to the best of our ability some of these general questions that atheists would throw out um I mean, once again, the whole point of this podcast is to build a defense, be able to talk about this stuff openly, and then seek a deeper knowledge of the Bible and of who Christ is. Um, Yeah, it's a lot easier to do uh, something like this when you're kind of engaging the person making the the, uh, objection or the skeptic as they're asking the question to have it more of like a dialogue thing, but... um, uh, as opposed to what we're going to do is just kind of look at it. some of what they say, according to a Google search, are some of the common objections. Yeah. What are common objections to Christian thought or Christianity as a whole? What seems to emerge the most, right? Um, uh, I, I suppose that will get us around one one element when you're just talking to anybody, right? There's no telling what within their experience kind of is affecting their ability to uh, make a decision in this or what they have um, uh, taken in as evidence already that they'll just kind of throw out. Like uh, uh, one of the objections you hear a lot is um, that the Bible isn't accurate or historical or something like that. And, and that's, that's actually that's, question number one. Yeah, well, that's been... T- my, might that as gets, well ask. Hold on. Let me... Let me let's right, let's right. follow the proper format. You know, I'm, I got to be I got to be technical. What, Sam, yes, if you will, for sure. <laughs> what evidence is there to support the wild claims of the Bible? Yeah. And there's a lot of wild claims in there the Bible. There actually really there's are. plenty of absurdities within the Bible. And, and uh, I think uh, if somebody's going to... Um, attempt to defend the faith and they're not willing to at least accept the fact that if you're coming from a skeptical position, it is not unreasonable to um, to find it somewhat absurd that you've got things in the Bible like the long life that several of the uh, patriarchs in the Old Testament have. Right up, yeah, right up until um, uh, Noah's Ark. You've got people living, you know, up to 900 years. Uh, and that's just one example. There's tons of stuff, particularly there in the beginning in Genesis, that they'll just kind of toss out. Well, what about this and what about that? And, and, and they're absurd claims to, to get around. And, and if, if someone's not willing to concede the fact that um, the process of faith uh, is uh, in part accepting some things that are somewhat absurd to to you know just as we live our lives how many people do you know that are in their 900 year alive right now you know not anybody <laughs> right uh old, so, old toothless joe yeah, down the road exactly hey, seems to be about 900 they, years old <laughs> we say that in joking. Like it. <laughs> yeah but but do you actually know somebody who actually li- has lived that long no we don't Right. And so the, I think the oldest person in, in history, well, not history, sorry. I think the oldest person um, record wise is like 114, maybe. 
Yeah. Maybe yeah. That, that was somebody, I think, in Japan. The Japanese, I mean, good Lord, their diet is phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, as a whole. Able able to, yeah, when we talk about being able to live long, then, you know, we're lo- we're looking at 100 plus. Yeah. So if you can hit 100 and then pass that, you're doing really well. Unless it was the Middle as far Ages. As, as far know, as we're concerned. We're, we're looking at like 50, maybe. Yeah, like yeah. Old, I was going to say, that's, that's, that's up. <laughs> That's, that's, that's up the times. For, you imagine <laughs> you, the lifespan was up to like, you know, I don't know, six to 900 years old. Yeah. Then it dropped <laughs> desperately like low. Yeah. It's so not, you got well, to 50, you were an old guy I, in the I'm middle ages. I'm not surprised at all because that, that's a time period where you would find your bathhouse, your brothels, and your eatery all in the same building. <laughs> so you're like kind of expect, they would, I mean, this is, it's kind of gross, but they would throw their waste buckets, like what they were using the bathroom in. And throw them out the window. Yeah. And if you just happen to be standing on the, on the other end, end of that, you just left the bathhouse and you walk out oh, in the middle man. of the, the muddy road. And yeah, here comes this projectile. <laughs> Even in the old West, yeah. you know, again, the, what was that, that movie that, uh, uh, one of the, again, this isn't, uh, um, me pushing that you should all go see that movie, but like the <laughs> so many ways to die in the old West. Oh yeah. A million, million ways to die, yeah, to die in the old West <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> they, they just joke about that. How, how anyone lives past like 16 <laughs> is amazing in just the old West. And it's a joking way to look at it. Again, I'm not, uh, uh, suggesting anyone go see that movie because it's full of language. Maybe we should put a disclaimer like yeah. on our website of like, Whatever we say in the podcast, yeah. <laughs> movie related is not is a, is not necessarily an endorsement of yeah. <laughs> said said film, but uh, um, but it is it is pretty funny, and the overarching idea when you think about it, yeah. How did anybody make it through the old west? Anybody make it through the old west and not you know. Every year had to be a huge celebration. That's right. right? That's probably why we celebrate birthdays. (laughs) (laughs) You made it another one, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations. Now now we complain about what we're getting for our birthdays. But seriously, though, yeah, 50 years in our more recent history being like your top of your age. So it's completely like off kilter insane to think that somebody could be wandering yeah. around at 900 years old right yeah that's the wild claims of the bible i mean now got I, i'll say that's a different objection the wild claims of the bible versus somebody saying they're actual like errors in the bible or that the manuscript has been corrupted Th- those are really two separate ideas because yeah. because one of them is just stating that and i think they're stating something that's true that, that when you're reading the Bible, there are some things that, that require us to um, assume a, a, a larger existence of reality, a spiritual dimension, um, and even beyond that, the, the possibility of miracle and what all of that might look like, right? They're, they're uh, fantastic, and, and you don't even have to go back all the way to Genesis, um, the next book has a story about a guy walking up to a rather large active body of water and he split the sucker in half Yeah, and an entire nation of people, thousands of people walked through the dry land. And then when they were followed by Pharaoh's army, they released the, the wall of water back, yeah. right? That's fantastic. And phenomenal, and how many of us have actually witnessed that happen, right? That, that there are fantastic claims, and that's that's one side. That's that's one objection that someone might have. That's not quite the same objection as somebody raising that the the actual manuscripts been corrupted or um, that there are actual errors in the Bible, right? That that's that's really two separate ideas. Um, I I will on one I will fight a little bit harder than I'll fight on the other. Uh, when somebody raises the objection that the manuscript's been corrupted or that it's all this big um, um, kind of a conspiracy by the the rising power of the church and this patriarchal blah, 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 and gross. that's why we read so what we gross. read in the Bible and, and, and all of that. I will fight that a lot harder yeah. because that's not historically true. That's just wrong. 
Just because somebody opposed, picked up a sword at some point and fought in the name of does not yeah. mean it was justified in the crusades by the book they were holding. Yeah, okay, that would be like what the three um, hundreds, <laughs> the to the five hundreds. Well, why would you listen right? to those guys anyway? That's not. We've got text from the first century. Yeah, I'm sorry, and and um, it goes back to an age two where I keep I keep referencing that there was no Christian power. Yeah. Right. Rome wanted to see the church destroyed, and up until um, the uh, uh, who was the first Christian emperor who uh, um, actually converts in his, in his on his deathbed, Constantine. Mm-hmm. Up until Constantine, um, they were actively persecuted and destroyed. Yeah. Right. So the church movement should have easily ended as early as Nero, as early as like right away. Um, as, as hard as the persecutions were, but they continued up until Constantine, right? So this idea that the church somehow immediately had this power in order to transmit, that at best, you don't have that until Constantine comes around, and that was on his deathbed. Yeah. So, and he just simply made it legal to be a Christian. That was it, right? That That's as good as it got. They were still like a persecuted group, even after Constantine. So historically, that's just wrong, right? I, I yeah. will, I will uh, uh, quickly squash on that one and just be like, yeah, no, we're not going to agree on that point. Yeah. Whereas somebody raising the objection that there are there are um, hard things to believe in well, the Bible. You, I am much more uh, sympathetic to that yeah, objection. But you, you, so you talk, you talked about you know the splitting of the Red Sea, mm-hmm. right? Interestingly enough, and and you can take these all with a grain of salt if you want. However, I will say this: there's two two things out of Exodus that I, I, I mean, I've seen, and well, actually, yeah, one out of, one out of Genesis, one out of Exodus, or two out of Exodus, uh, evidence wise. You ask about evidence, and I know from an atheistic standpoint, you don't care about feelings. You don't care about the possible mishandling of history. That's not good enough. You want whole, cold, hard facts, right? Yeah. Well, they found what appears to be chariot wheels in the Red Sea. Really? Covered in coral. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> they would be at this point. But it's it's a very clear image, right? Yeah. Two, uh, they found the the rock that Moses split where the water came yeah, out of it. Yeah. Okay, so they found a rock that has been split in two and has all kinds of water erosion around it, right? Yeah. The thing about it is that area, it only rains something like three days out of the year. Yeah. Where's the water erosion coming from? Right. Okay, so that's, now I know that's not like hard, hard fact, but it's enough and it's in the same place. It's yeah. It's in these places. And the same with um, Noah's Ark. They found this gigantic, and this has been this is a couple of years ago. But yeah, they found this no, this gig- isn't new news. The the because you sent me the article of um, the shape up on Mount Ararat, which right? is where the Bible says that it le- it was left. The only reason, the only reason we don't all know about this, and that we don't have like film crews that have gone through, the only reason that hasn't happened is completely political. Yeah, that that area is not controlled by a political power that will allow journalists or whoever to come in and actually excavate it. But there are groups, not many, but there are a couple. Excavate. Ex, yes. That ex, 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 ex. <laughs> We're going to excavate it. <laughs> we'll get your plow out. <laughs> We're going to find this something some ancient here. wood for sure. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things they did is they were able to bring back some of the wood. Right, yeah. and you're not finding like you know I don't know um, uh, cedar or redwood or whatever that you know it, it was made of what they would have identified as that gopher wood that you know it says in the Bible that it was made from and the measurements and the measurements the match. measurements match exactly their floors their floors and wooden been rooms inside it this is like this is one of those things when you take all three just just these three alone. Right. If you looked at one, you'd be like, okay, I've, I've heard the uh, excuse on, on the Noah's Ark thing. Well, those would be like empires and stuff. Had a little fortresses set up, whatever. Okay, I could buy that maybe, you know. But then you see this rock that's been split in half that has water erosion in a place that rains three times a year. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. In the same place that it would have been in, in, in biblical times. And then, you, then you've then you got uh, chariot wheels in the <laughs> See, for God's sakes, man, you you have to be turning away from it at that point. Yeah. But you want evidence. That's what we found so far. 
Um, or those are just three of the things. There's actually other things too. People yeah. say they found the Jesus boat. They found the the sign above Jesus cross. I mean, gosh, I mean, it really is uh, a very, very long rabbit hole. You'll go down. They found the walls of Jericho. Yeah. They were digging those up and, yeah. and they didn't the appear to be like blown to smithereens or whatever. They, they dropped. It, into it the appears earth. as though the earth, they said this, this is, this is fact. Look this stuff up. I'm not going to cite site. You can Google and you'll find six articles. Yeah. The, it's, it seems as though the earth opened up and the walls dropped in. Like there's, yeah. there's no evidence to support they were blown to smithereens. Right. So you want evidence? There's some evidence. Yeah, it's it's available. It's out there. It's and, a good starting point. And then people be like, uh, d- does that meet your intellectual, you know, what whatever you expect? whatever you will accept as, as evidence. I think it's, it's easy to point to and say, there's plenty here to support that these stories are true. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if they're far fetched. Right. Right. And this is, this is like a point that I've got. So if, if you can swallow those three pills and you can say, okay, I'll give you that. That's a little bit weird. And I think I'm starting to see it. If you're able to accept that, then you're able to accept a lot more. You know, yeah. it goes into the Bible too. Right, um, right. I, I will always come back to um, w- when someone raises that objection, I, I think, uh, yes, that is far-fetched. I'm, I'm completely willing to uh, grant someone that what we see in the Bible is uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that's, that's far-fetched, and yeah. there's a lot of miracle stuff happening and whatever. But, but I still think the most far-fetched of anything the Bible has to offer is that someone was um, was publicly executed, the whole city saw it, and then the tomb was empty three days later, and a good portion of the city witnessed this man alive. Yeah. Right? I, I think the resurrection, the, the, the widespread, um, how public the crucifixion was, followed by a very also public resurrection process where people saw the risen Jesus is the single most uh, far-fetched idea the Bible has. Yeah. And, and that we as Christians have to affirm that. Someone who says, oh, well, I'm Christian, but I don't really affirm the, the uh, resurrection. You're not. You're not Christian. That's, that is one of the credentials. You have to affirm it really happened, that we're uh, believing in someone who was publicly executed, was raised again, and that was three days after the fact. That's not like they pulled him down off the cross and they did CPR, right? <laughs> yeah. that, that's like days later. Wrapped up and thrown in a right. tomb that had thrown up in a, oxygen. That was sealed by a rock that you know took however many tons and people to, to push into place, right? And then even dislodged you out think, of that place. You think you have trouble breathing through a coronavirus mask? Wait right. until you get wrapped up in cloth and shoved in a hole. <laughs> shoved in a little rock there for three days. Yeah, yeah. for three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's just that is the most far fetched claim, and yet this great portion of the world will affirm that and will affirm that is true, right? And I think once you stand on that, and there's plenty of historical evidence that the. Uh, Resurrection is fact, is a historical fact. Plenty to support that um, the that what we believe there is true. Then, yeah, I think accepting some of the stuff that we read in Genesis is secondary to that. Yeah, it is if you can, like Thomas was saying, if if you can believe that somebody got up three days later from the dead, um, then believing the rest of it, uh, it's it's not is far-fetched it just isn't so um that that's what i come back to it's once you're willing to accept that accepting that someone lived to 900 years anything's possible at that point right and and in jesus life he points back to several of these mir- miracles and things that are far-fetched and hard to believe um uh, he cites the story of jonah um about his own resurrection He's just like Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and nights. So the Son of Man will be in the in the earth three days and nights. When he was predicting his own uh, crucifixion, his own death and and resurrection after the fact, he used one of these far fetched stories, right? And 
And why would he do that if he didn't believe himself that it was actually historical fact also, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a little more sympathetic when somebody comes to it at that, that because I would say, don't start there, really. Um, yeah. Let's start with the resurrection because I think, one, that's the biggest miracle to, to really trust in and that it has the most far-reaching consequences to it I honestly I think that's that's the thing though is like when I when I met you and we had this kind of conversation about the resurrection before that I'd never even looked at it that way so as a Christian I believed but at the same time I never even looked at it as the evidence is in 500 witnesses the evidence is in the preservation of Christianity and and the Holy yeah. Bible you yeah know, when it should have been destroyed the evidence yeah. is there but I never looked at it that way and I assume as much that most people probably don't either atheistic yeah. you know people from an atheistic standpoint they're probably looking for i want a piece of you know i want the spear that stabbed jesus i want the yeah you know I, the, like well the even things. then that wouldn't prove anything because yeah that just proves cr- the crucifixion happened the way it says it did right well maybe. and most people will accept that i i don't think i don't think people have such a hard time if somebody's going to say well i don't even know that jesus uh, historically lived i'm like are you kidding me no, I'm, I'm again, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to come down pretty hard on that too. No historical fact, Jesus did live, right? They might say, well, okay, he was basically a good teacher, but I don't know if he, all that stuff, him doing all these miracles and what, if he was basically a good teacher, if Jesus didn't say the things that the Bible claims it, that he said, if he was basically a good dude and just basically taught us all that we ought to love each other and that sort of thing, you know, kumbaya, he was the first hippie, whatever, <laughs> right? If that was if that was the, the case, and that was early. the extent of of Jesus' life, and a lot of people are are perfectly willing to accept that Jesus, they like Jesus and and what he did. If if they can look at him as the first hippie, right, they're fine with him. Then, why did they kill him? How is that any threat to Rome or anyone else? Yeah. If Jesus' message stopped there. Because he no, was a long-haired hippie and he yeah, didn't die. <laughs> if he basically just wanted people to love each other and, and be good to your fellow man and kumbaya and all that. If, that, if that's all Jesus had to offer, then why is he a threat to anybody? Yeah. Right? That, that doesn't work, historically speaking. No, he said things like, your sins are forgiven. Right? He said things that, that, that only God can forgive sins that really ticked people off. And not only did he tick them off with what he said, he's also doing stuff that nobody can explain. Yeah, Jesus' life is full of the miraculous and what he's doing, and that is confirming, again, the stuff that he's saying that's ticking people off. So well, Chris, now Christians he's a know, threat. Yeah. Chris, Christians generally know the Bible is made up of books written by multiple people. Um, but not everybody knows that. So there's another thing to keep in mind. The author of the Bible is not one author. Yeah. That's, Paul didn't sit down and write Genesis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> These are all collections. And and really, they, yes, it's a it's a book. Yes, they are books. And it makes one book. But but really, I mean, they're, they're accounts and historical documents. Um, it, it'd be better. It, it'd be more of like a history book. Yeah. In, in equation. Like you would equal it to one of our history books. You wouldn't just be like, oh, this is some piece of fiction from whatever in some hut somewhere in the you know middle east no it's these are all accounts all historical documents that are formed into a book yeah so um moving on to question number two uh islam and christianity are the same religion but have different books um the god of the bible is the same god as allah so therefore why is christianity right and islam wrong yeah Um, this is one that i have actually and and I remember having this first question asked, well, sorry, is at question first asked, I'm getting tongue tied, like maybe six or seven years ago for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was a, it was a buddy of mine at work. He, he was sitting there, he didn't really ask it, but we were talking about it and he had said something like, um, you know, Islam and Christianity are the exact same histories. Um, they're just a few changes. Well, so there, there's a couple points that, that I have landed on since then. Um, which, and this is, once again, this is common stuff. You could type in, um, similarities between the Bible and the Quran, uh, and you'll see where it lines up. So one, they, they believe, um, that Jesus was born of a virgin, Mary. They believe that, um, 
they there there are a few other things as far as like Abraham and stuff goes that they believe. But uh, yeah, yeah, the history up to Abraham and even the promise to Abraham. Yeah, they'll but accept. Then this is where this is where it changes. So I think the circumstances with Mary are a little bit different. They differ in, in those two places, but it still is a virgin birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you get to Jesus. He's just a prophet to them. Yeah, and one of one of the staples of Christianity is that Christ um, is the Son of God. One, uh, two, he is part of the Trinity, so he is God. Okay, so what he, I guess, what this guy had told me, he goes, the God of the Quran is the same God of the Bible, and my response was, that's impossible because the God of the Bible was a man and was a God and the Holy Spirit and got up and rose again. So the three are one. So by saying that Jesus is not the son of God and was not God tells me that you're worshiping a different God. Yeah. It has, but, to. I mean, it has to. I it, understand the lineage and I, I understand all of the connections and similarities, but still that God is Jesus. We yeah. think that Jesus is God. Yeah. And that, that goes more toward probably if you're, you're just having a discussion with somebody who, uh, because that assumes if somebody's making that claim, um, uh, are, are they, are they actually atheist then? No, probably not. That's more of like, why this should I, right. why should I choose Christianity over, over being Muslim? This is a guy because who they are Muslim actively attended Southeast. If you'd, don't know you're this oh, is, really southeast is i guess they're they're southern baptists no doctrine, i think or are they? no they're part of the christian church which is closer towards um doctrinally speaking closer toward like a methodist um maybe a more conservative methodist but branch, they still believe but, the bible yeah, and yeah. They, that's the thing they teach the bible cover to cover that's that's yeah. kind of their so i mean they are a christian church a traditional Christian to an extent you could expect. And this guy was an, uh, an attendee of, of Southeast. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of sketchy to me, not necessarily on Southeast, but for this guy to be that confused and, and to just let it blur. I think um, as you've, you've coined the phrase or they, well, they didn't coin anything, but anyways, you told me about universalism and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, as we've talked about on previous episodes, maybe he kind of lines up more with that. Yeah. And any, particular person in a church can be at different points in their own understanding of how this works. Yeah. If he's running a Bible study, that might be a problem, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Does he have actual like leadership over other people? And I don't he's think so. This? Yeah. I don't think so. But so, still. so yeah, he, he'd be incorrect and it'd be, you know, whatever Bible study he's going to, hopefully he's going to one to, to correct some of these, some of these ideas. Right. Um, because then that I think the larger question that might be like um, um, issued by an atheist would be why Christianity uh, makes exclusive claims over all faiths, not just Islam, but all faiths, Buddhist, Hindu, you know, it doesn't matter, will state that Christianity is the only way to, to get to, to God. Right, so someone who, if I was having a discussion with somebody who was um, Muslim, and and in that instance, that discussion would go toward, well, then why Christianity rather than yeah. Islam, right? But if you're talking to someone who's just straight up atheist, uh, why why are they comparing the two and not because if they're atheists, they're looking at a much bigger picture than just just those two. But to take those two, since that's the question that was raised. Here, um, yeah. When you're when you're looking at the the differences, um, every every religion ultimately makes exclusive claims, right? Christianity gets criticized for it, but they all do. You can't also be um, uh, you can't also be Muslim and and somehow um, uh, uh, believe that Christians aren't apostates. The, the two won't fit. If you're Muslim, you believe the only way to uh, heaven is through, the only way to reach God is through the Islamic faith, right? Everything else is excluded from that. If you're Hindu, the only way to reach nirvana is through the path that Hinduism offers. If you're Buddhist, same thing, right? They all are exclusive. If they're not, then they're not really a religion. That's part of one of the things about a religion is it's, it excludes all others. That's the path you're following, right? Uh, so Christianity might get, um, it, it gets uh, sort of the bad reputation for this, but they all do it. 
right? Every religion has exclusive claims to universal truth, yeah. right? So, so that's not new. When you're looking at that it, it, Islam or Christianity and, and some of the issues there where some of the characters in, the, um, in their uh, holy books will match ours, some of the stories might match ours uh, up to a point. One of the issues there is that um, the prophetic idea is uh, wh- whichever is the most recent somehow can be more authoritative than the one before, right? So Muhammad, even though, and, and they'll, I, I think to some extent, they'll affirm that Jesus as a prophet uh, in, in their tradition um, was raised from the dead, but they don't affirm that he died on a cross. I'm not sure how all that works out, it's, but they'll affirm a resurrection like, not, somehow. I don't know if it's resurrection, more so that they just, that he just ascended to heaven. Okay. I think they just say that he ascended to heaven, but he was he was beso- bestowed with um, the the gospel, so to speak. So God's gospel was bestowed on him. The the I guess scriptures was just given to him through God. Um, but yeah, close to the end, they they say that I think one of the verses claims um, that they will say that we crucified you know the the Messiah, right? But that didn't happen. That's not what happened, and he was ascended to heaven. Okay, well, even so, Muhammad wasn't. Muhammad's buried somewhere, right? So their their greatest prophet is Muhammad, but they have this list of prophets before Muhammad in which they include Jesus. And Jesus, of those prophets, ascended into heaven. They'll affirm that, that he, he isn't buried somewhere, but Muhammad is buried somewhere. However, since Muhammad came later... He's more recent. Whatever prophetic message he has, uh, it's it's more powerful or it, it's more authoritative than Jesus's was because uh, prophecy uh, every, with each generation, the the most recent one is the one that's considered to have the most authority, right? Yeah. So that's why the teachings of Muhammad are more important than whatever the teachings of Jesus would be in well, that instance. And, and the claims the claims of a person who died and is still buried, to me, don't outweigh the claims of a person who died and rose again. Um, now, actually, just yeah. because it, it kills me that I didn't actually cite the real verse, I've pulled the verse up. So uh, it says that they said in boast, we killed Christ Jesus, the son of Mary, the messenger of Allah, but they killed him not, nor crucified him, but so it was made to appear to them, and those who differ therein are full of doubts with no certain knowledge, but only conjecture to follow. Uh, see, surely they killed him not. So nay, Allah raised him up unto himself, and Allah is exalted in power wise. So Does, does it say which? Uh, uh, the Quran, Surah 4. Surah 4, yeah. okay. So th- th- there you go. One, he, 157 they'll, 158. They'll, they'll recognize... Um, Jesus is a prophet. They'll even recognize that he was not buried somewhere, but that ascended. However, because because there was a prophet that came after Jesus, it it sort of takes weight over whoever the most recent one has the most authority, right? We see the same thing in Mormonism, right? Because Mormons will um, accept the, the claim, they accept the gospel and the teachings of the Bible and Jesus. And but Joseph Smith came later, yeah. So everything that's in the Book of Mormon uh, supersedes that which is in the Bible, right? And and it's the same case here. So there there are clear. You can't really say, okay, well these are essentially talking about the same people because no, 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 very very different sources of authority in this case. Uh, something has risen up above that which is ultimate to us. Ultimate to us is that Christ is ultimate to us. What is the gospel? That is ultimate to us, right? Ultimate to them is the Quran. Ultimate to uh, uh, the Mormons is the Book of Mormon. There, up and above the gospel. Even if they would say we uh, somehow affirm the gospel, well, <laughs> they do in their own kind of uh, twisted version of it. It's not it's not the gospel as Christians recognize the gospel. 
There are a lot more differences. That's the other thing, too, is the few things you'll find that are the same, You, you when you really look at it, you're like, are you really talking about the same Jesus? Right? Yeah. Because I don't think you are. Um, so even where they claim to be similar, I don't know that they're all that similar. Uh, and, and where they're different, that's that's when, you know, we talk about not just Christianity, other faiths. People would be like, aren't all religions essentially the same thing? And then they're just kind of superficially different here and there. But essentially, they're all taking us to the same place. No, actually, the reverse is true. They are essentially and fundamentally different, and they might have a few peripheral outlying things that are similar, right? That they all basically want us to bring us towards the best version of ourselves, basically want to give us purpose in life and meaning and all of that. Yeah, religions all kind of uh, try to rise to the occasion in different ways, but um, to do that, but that is all peripheral. That's not like the the central core of what it means to to have these faiths are vastly different. Yeah. So that's that's thrown out, but that's completely backwards. So that's kind of I don't know if that's two questions or what, but but looking at it from the it's view, kind of a deep question. Yeah, looking at it from the view of someone who's asking it in a comparison. To, to just Islam, but also looking at it as, well, how does that compare to all other faiths as well? Because you could just as easily say, why Christianity? Why should it be um, that uh, uh, Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life, and that only you can only come to the Father through, through him, right? And that's uh, John 14, 6. Um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's a very exclusive claim. Right, and that's why Christianity gets a bad reputation because it's a very exclusive claim. But they all have exclusive claims. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what religion it is. They all exclude if you're following the path of whatever it is—Buddhism or Hinduism or um, you know, you name it. In order to follow that path, you follow that path that excludes all the other options. Right? They are all ex- exclusive in that sense. So um, it, we get a bad reputation, but they all say the only way to get to heaven is their model, right? Yeah. Their philosophy or what they say is the truth. So, well, and I'm, I mean, sorry, but like I said before, we found chariot wheels, we found broken yeah. rocks, we found yeah. Does it historically match to? We're, see, we're yeah. seeing that it kind of does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but, I don't know that you have the same historical evidence even within the life of Muhammad, which is much more recent, yeah. right? Uh, they definitely don't, even within the claims, some of the claims Joseph Smith makes in the Book of Mormon um, are highly problematic, not necessarily within his lifetime, but within like what he says happened in the Americas um, and the history there as he outlines it in the Book of Mormon does just doesn't work, yeah. historically speaking, either. Um, so. so question number three. Um, this, and I think this will be our last question, but, um, I'm going to tie two together because the two kind of go together, but basically God is not real. It's, I guess more of a statement. Um, but God is not real and creation is a myth. Okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so, so somebody, uh, the, let's dealing with creation is a myth, right? And, and someone who's coming from that position, the alternative there is like the, uh, naturalism human or uh, uh, evolutionary theory right that sort of thing rock like or big bang like evolutionary theory exploded. yeah all of that stuff um that's the alternative to uh the the creation narrative right. as it were right so um that's what they're saying it's like okay we're, we're rejecting um all claims of faith based on we want to just accept scientific naturalism as our religion, and it, and it makes if if you're going to take a philosophical um, the outworkings of the scientific naturalism is actually a philosophy, right? That's to say, we just believe in science. Well, no, you're believing in a philosophy that states there can only be what we can measure scientifically and through the scientific method, right? And so they're stating then based on that. Their, their philosophy extends to stuff they can't actually test with the scientific method in order to accept the theory of evolution, 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> so well, my, you're still making I, I jumps I've, here. I think I said it in um, one of the Rhett or Link episodes from Good Mythical Morning, the spiritual deconstruction, but um, like macro evolution, mm-hmm. like very, that's, well, sorry, not that, uh, maybe it's micro evolution. Micro, yeah. Micro, micro is, is within a lifetime yeah. of, a, of a certain They've accomplished form. it, but only with like flies. Yeah. Or, or with insects. That, and, and, and that's, you know... <laughs> Yeah, and we have yet to see that with human beings, yeah. so to speak. And and I think we, we, across our entire uh, history, recordable history that we have, even recent history, we should have seen um, somebody in this like in between state of yeah. man monkey kind of whatever. We yeah. should be seeing something somewhere. Yeah, we've we've talked a lot about the evolution and, and not the real problem. life wolf man. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Some yeah. guy that has overgrowth of hair on his face. That's not. That's not. The monkey. Uh, no, no. Of. We mean somebody who is a le- legitimate. Uh, had had. Well, we talked about definitely with the uh, the ret deconstruction thing. That um, how do you take that uh, second chromosome and the information there, where that second chromosome is really two, and and place them together? How do you do that? In that has to all happen in one go, right? You can't say I'm going to take a little bit of this part of the chromosome and we're going to attach it here. You're going to have a birth defect, and whatever results out of that is not going to be something that can can live. Well, and then why? Right? why the whole the whole chromosome package has to come all in one, and and even if we could do that, we could only pull that off in a lab under controlled circumstances, and we would be using quite a bit of intelligence to do it. But like, here's the thing, though: if if it if it really did happen, a um. I guess this is not really that you could answer this. Why are there still monkeys? But if they're, you know, all the monkeys that we have, gorillas, apes, whatever it is, all of them through history, why have we not seen one give birth to a human being? Right. Yeah. That that's I mean, something I mean we should have seen. They make fun of that question. <laughs> you Christians don't understand how it works. No, uh, no but that's a real th- and no, I'm sorry. You're saying these forms are always in transition. So we ought to be seeing things slowly becoming something else yeah. in that process. We ought to be able that we easily have enough history now that we can, you know, as we've recorded things down, we'd be able to see a significant change. Oh, no, it takes millions and billions of years and all this chance. Actually, if you're going to go from any function into the next, right, we talked about the possibility of going from a sea-dwelling um, being to a land-dwelling being, and all the changes that would have to happen can't happen in pieces. It would have to happen in one go, in one generation. And that's not evolutionary theory. Evolutionary theory is that it happens over very, very long periods, right? And even then, I don't know that you can establish if they were willing to say, okay, it happens in little spurts here and there. Um, I, I still don't think you can establish. It, it just it's, it's a theory for a reason, yeah. It can't be proven ultimately, right? And and yeah, it is a counter theory to uh, a lot of Christian uh, 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 the process of really having good theology of the whole thing. Um, I would say involves accepting the creation narrative, but I think somebody can accept Jesus and the gospel and still at the same time have a lot of doubt about some of the Genesis stuff. Yeah. Right? I, I, I think they can be working through that. That can be a process, and they can still be Christian, where they're still not sure. I don't know. Evolutionary theory, it might be true. Blah, 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 blah. But does that mean it, it harms the gospel? Well, there are some theological matters you got to work through, but, but in the end there, that's not necessarily, in the end, somebody saying, like, well, I want to believe evolution. That, 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 that doesn't have to destroy the gospel. Yeah. There, right? That you can take that first step of still accepting the resurrection and and still struggling with evolution. And I, you know, I would engage somebody if you want to really come full circle, you're probably going to have to reject a lot of the stuff you just accepted. Yeah. When it comes to evolutionary theory. But even if they don't, even if they don't, it doesn't destroy the gospel. Right. right. So, so not, the not issue, necessarily condoning the ideas, yeah, but still the issue of creation being a myth. Well, it, even if, if they took it as a myth, there are people that do say creation was a myth and still affirm the gospel. Right. Still affirm that the story of Jesus is true. Right. right? But then that ties into God not being real, though. 
Okay, yeah, let's <laughs> handle that right, one. Is, but, <laughs> but 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 then how how Dance, do we boy. how do we yeah how do we uh, prove the existence of God? Right. Well, how do you disprove the existence of God, and who has the burden of proof here? I have to ask you a question now. Yeah. Now that you said that, okay, this is from Reddit, and and okay, seriously, I'm not trying to make fun of it, but the guy's name is the Agnostic Atheist, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Kind of funny. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, it's a contradiction. With your, so with your terms. saying, okay, so the bird of proof, if I have to, this is the question, if I have to prove that your God isn't real, then you have to prove that I'm not your God testing you. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> that's 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 not a burden of proof you have to accept if that's if that's the raising. Yes, uh, the the burden of proof I would say lies on the atheist to prove that God doesn't exist. Um, I I think there's plenty of evidence um, in you know we we all have things we can't explain, right? But but ultimately I I want to say if if God doesn't exist, if I'm going to step into that realm for for a second and assume. Um, that uh, they're correct on that, then what else comes into question is the issue of uh, morality and and what we call good and bad, right? So if I'm going to accept that God doesn't exist, then you're also kind of accepting that there's no such thing as morality. Now, will somebody who issues the question be willing to accept that? Most of the time they won't. Yeah. Most of the time the atheist will say no, I want to affirm God does not does not exist, but I also want to affirm that morality in that which is good and evil do exist because they want to be able to believe they can essentially well, be a good person. They, they might say God. that that's relative though. And they they may say that that's built uh you dropped your phone. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> but they might say that's completely relative um but based off of societal norms there is our our society's sense of good and evil, which is why Nazi Germany's sense of good and evil was so vastly different than America's. Well, then who's to say that the Nazis weren't right and we're wrong, <laughs> right? Yeah. As soon as you make it relative, then how can you say your version of morality is is right or wrong, right? And into which case I Who would are like you to tell yeah, me that. Yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah. like to say there 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 are cultures where um we. In, in our own culture, we're told that you, one ought to love their neighbor, right? So to say in another culture where one might eat their neighbor, do you have a preference? Well, and then who They are probably you to, do. Once again, <laughs> who are you to, to cast judgment on that group? Yeah. And then if you're at the point of which you accept that as being okay because it's okay with them and you will not be a part of them, that's... Uh, depravity. depravity yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm apt to say if someone's willing to accept the proposition God does not exist and they're also willing to accept that therefore morality doesn't actually exist. There's no such thing as good or evil. I'm willing to bet that they probably would pretty quickly change their tune if you punched them in the face right then and there. <laughs> they probably say you don't shouldn't do, do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. I'm not suggesting that's a good. That's a good. You might want to, but <laughs> but but yes. If if you hit them, I think they pretty quickly would be saying that you know we sh you shouldn't do that. Right? Yeah. Stop doing that. You shouldn't do that. Why? Because it's wrong. Well, what is right and wrong at that point? M most of the time, I think people want to. They want to uh, take the proposition. God does not exist, but they also want the propositions that which is good and moral do exist, right? And you honestly can't have it both ways because if you're going to get rid of, of uh, God as a moral source, right, if, if you're going to believe in a moral law, you essentially, I mean, by the nature, there has to be a moral law giver. If, if there is an idea of that which you shouldn't do, then there is the idea of that which you should do, and where do you get that idea, right? So ultimately, that keeps bringing them back. The moral law keeps bringing you back to a moral lawgiver, and the moral lawgiver is that which they're trying to argue against and not for, yeah. right? So if, if they want a full, like, 
uh, coherent worldview, they do have to affirm God does not exist and morality doesn't exist. However, they don't like it when you punch them in the face. Yeah. Right? They, they're, they also don't reason, like Nazi Germany. Right. Uh, the, and they're real quick to, to state one version of morality is better than another. Well, what are you comparing that to then? There's a, th- that issues into a third version of morality. If my morality, I'm going to claim, is better than another person's or another time's morality, right? Then you therefore have already brought in a third morality, which is not yours, which is not the one you're comparing it to, but which is above and beyond both of them. And you're saying that one of those two options uh, is more coherent with that third option than the other one is, right? Which therefore brings in your moral law there. You have a perfect moral law, and how we behave either kind of corresponds to that or doesn't correspond to that. And that's what we actually see when we're working out this idea of morality. So that's the big problem there. If, if uh, God doesn't exist, then morality doesn't exist either. But a lot of people don't just want to affirm morality exists. They find it does exist, that it has to exist. No one can live in a world where morality doesn't actually exist. If it's not actually wrong for me to punch somebody, then... What's to stop me from doing it? Yeah. You know? Um, And and that extending to anything else. What's wrong with killing somebody else? I I mean, it it just, that once that snowball starts, you cannot, (laughs) and they know that. They know they cannot give up this idea of uh, uh, objective moral truth, ultimately, because you've got to have a moral law in order to have any form of functioning society. We've got to accept that that's true. And if you're willing to accept that there's a moral law, I think by nature you're already accepting there's a moral lawgiver. Yeah. And if you're accepting a moral lawgiver, then that your first proposition that God doesn't exist is a problem. Because it starts getting shaky. He yeah. would be the moral lawgiver just yeah. by nature of God, by definition of many things that make up what God is, being moral lawgiver would be one of them. Yeah. So, well, good stopping point. Um, look, if you like the episode, uh, feel free to to comment on it and maybe propose more questions. We would love to do. There, I mean, there are plenty more questions that we can dive into. Um, that being said, I will go ahead and wrap it up. Sam has to pick his phone up from the ground. Um, <laughs> Yeah, once again, I'm Thomas. And I'm Sam. And this has been the Silent Planet Podcast. Uh, Check us out on Spotify, Apple, and a whole slew of other listening platforms, and we will catch you next week.